Good morning. How's everyone? Uh, I'm not fired up by that music. I've, like, I want to put my head in the wall after I hear that music. Um, anyway, uh, my name's Jay, and I'm one of the pastors here, and I want to uh, just start out asking you, has, has anyone here seen the movie The Shawshank Redemption? Any, okay, get a show of hands, Shawshank Redemption. I know I'm the movie guy, can't, can't get away from that, um, but there's just something I want to bring up from there in a movie that, that talks about friendship and injustice and, and hope. Um, but in this case, I'm bringing up the, the, the topic of freedom. And there's a guy... Um, who his name is Brooks Hadlin in the movie. Anyone remember Brooks? He's this, this older guy, and the parole board is able to grant Brooks freedom. And it's very difficult on the other side for him. He gets a new job that he's not really enjoying. He's, he's adjusting to this new um, city and industrialization. It's nothing like the, the, the place that he knew before, before he was in prison. And so... After a few weeks, maybe months, I I don't know how how long it shares, but after that amount of time, Brooks decides to take his life. And when it comes to our relationship with Jesus, in dealing and living with sin, we might be similar to Brooks. And let me uh, try to unpack that. We don't, we don't know how to live in light of our freedom or our new freedom in Jesus. And if you're like me, and I believe you are, <laughs> believe it or not, if you're like me, the struggle is real, right? The, the pain is real. The guilt is real. Shame is real. The hurt, the sins that, that you have committed and the sins that have been committed against you. And if we consider the world and and billions of people exercising their own right to say to God, no, God, I got this. I can handle it. I don't need you. And consider that cumulative effect of what's going on in the world. And if if you're new Um, to church or or new to hearing about Jesus, I think you would agree in the sense that there is something wrong with the world. And G.K. Chesterton, this um, writer, essayist, I think early 1900s, he responded to an editorial that was in um, the Times. I don't know if it's the British Times or New York Times, whatever, in the Times. And the, the, the person, an editor writes, What is wrong with the world? And Chesterton writes back, and they they put it in the paper, and it says, Dear Sirs, I am, respectfully, G.K. Chesterton, or sincerely, G.K. Chesterton. And so I have a goal today. I have a goal today. I think Aaron's going to bring that up. It's it's from 1 John 2. I know that we're in Romans today, but this is the goal for me. This is the goal for you, that my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you 
may not sin. We're going to unpack that a little bit. There's a, another part to, to that verse in, in John, 1 John, but that is the goal. That's the, the first half of the verse, but, you know, I don't want to sin. I don't want you to sin, but I do, and you do. And God, I, can, I continue to sin. I'm, I'm in this pattern. I, I confess, but I as, as Paul says, I'm the worst. I'm the worst of sinners. I do what I don't want to do, and, and, and this, is, this is who I am, God. And my response to that, our response should be, no, absolutely not. Don't believe that lie. Believe and apply the truth of the gospel, the reality of the gospel, what Matt and Ben have shared uh, where a children is able to wade and swim in, and an elephant is able to be an elephant and enjoy himself and, and dive into. And so I bring this to light of, of what Matt has mentioned, what, what Ben has shared, um, from verse, and it's not up here, but in, in Romans 3, chapter 22, it says, there is a righteousness. We've been talking about that a justification apart from the law that we gain from God in Jesus Christ for all who do good works, have perfect attendance at River Ridge, obey the law, who have great grades on their report cards and stickers on their papers, It's not set up that way. We gain from God and Jesus Christ for all who believe. For all who believe. And in verse 24 it goes, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And so what that verse is, is saying and informing us is that we have a new nature. We have a new standing. And this justification that we gain, this justification of righteousness that we're given, it has this reverberating effect in all our lives, throughout our lives. Through faith in Jesus, what has happened continues to happen. We take upon Christ's righteousness. This righteousness is given to us, it's credited, it's imparted, and, and Matt has mentioned an easy way of looking at justified is just as if I had never sinned. Just as, as if we had never sinned. I think another thing to add to that is not only just as if I, we have never sinned, but just as if we have always obeyed. Just as if we've always obeyed. You know, you remember those cartoons, um, of that, you know, the devil on the left shoulder and the angel on the right, right? Do you, do you tracking with me there of just that? And, and the choices that that person is trying to make and, um, and just depicting, you know, good versus evil and, and sin and the devil and all that, sin and angels and all that. This is not, I don't, I don't believe this is true either because this is not the nature the nature that we have in Christ Jesus by justification. 
because it's so much more powerful than this annoying problem that we do have with sin. But sometimes we allow sin to defeat us so often. So that's what we get to dive into today in Romans chapter 6. Um, on to chapter 7, believe it or not. But let's pray together. Lord, thank you that we get to hear of your goodness and your faithfulness. And Lord, thank you um, for this glorious news uh, that Christ has died for us and that he has justified us. And Lord, in this battle that we have with sin, give us confidence, give us tools, give us your word, give us your spirit, and remind us that that the enemy has been defeated, that we are able to overcome. Lord, we claim that for today, and we praise you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to see how this is played out in Romans 6, and it, it goes on to uh, chapter 7. Uh, believe it or not, I'm trying to do the, you know, Romans 6 for dummies for us in, in that sense of, like, there's so much there. There's so much there packed from, from 6 on to verse 7. And um, the, the thing that I'm starting with, the motivation that I have is it's not just about not sinning, right? It's not that. It's not just about not sitting. It's about our relationship with Jesus and, and experiencing the fullness and the goodness of, of being whole and restored in Jesus Christ. So that's, that's what we get to dive into today. And so Paul begins in Romans 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? He begins with this question. By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Here my notes say, no, you big dummy. We don't want to belittle or cheapen the grace we have received. And in the Phillips translation, he writes, you know, when, when Paul says, no, by no means, Phillips in his English way, he goes, what a ghastly thought. Absolutely no. So, and, and maybe another way of, of thinking of what we've, of, of this passage, phrasing it in this way, well, can I go on dating women since, I, since I'm married? You know, that's, a, that's just a, a, a way of looking at that. Why would you want to sin in light of the grace that you have received, but I know that we still do. But in our justification, in our justification by faith, we have a new standing with God. We have died to sin. Why would we still want to live there? How do we still live in it, Paul writes. Verse 3, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism in death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And we consider baptism, right? We consider, you know, this motion of, 
of letting someone down in the water. You have, yourself have gone down in the water. And that shows us that our old lives, our mess, our sin, all of this, it's put to death in Christ. It's buried and washed away. And we're down, but we're not staying down, right? We're being raised like Jesus was raised, raised from our sin. Jesus was sinless, but he is raised from the dead through his resurrection. And like Jesus, we also are raised from the dead. And Paul goes on explaining this transformation. Verse 5, for if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. You know, over and over in Paul's letters, it's not necessarily mentioned here, but he's like building on the theme. He's like over and over, the, he, Paul uses the phrase in Christ, in Christ Jesus, in Christ. And here he's defining what it means to be in Christ, united with him in death, united with him in his resurrection, no longer enslaved to sin. And here, moving on to verse 7, I'm going to camp out here for a little bit. And please put up with me as I do this. But verse 7 says, For one who has died has been set free from sin. That, okay, i trying to explain the, the, the tense here and, and the Greek here. And the, the word is dedikaiotai. Dedikaiotai. And Matt shared this word uh, uh, a few weeks back in, a, in another form. It's daikeo, daikeo, which means justify, vindicate, free. So dedikaiotai. And the, ter- the tense, please stay with me. I know that you're like, gosh, why is this guy going here? But please stay with me. This is, the tense of this verb is a perfect passive indicative. And let me explain that. And please let my professors know that I understood something um, about Greek. But uh, anyway, perfect passive indicative. Indicative means that this is an indication of fact. So free, fact. A passive means that this action is made by someone else. God in Jesus has made us free. And it goes on, a perfect indicates that the action is completed and it's ongoing. It's continuing on. So this freedom that happened at our receiving of Jesus and accepting by faith, this freedom continues to go on. It's continuous and continuous until we're with him forever. We're set free, and we keep on keeping being free. When Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, do we remember that? That, that, that is also a perfect passive indicative. Jesus has defeated death and sin, and that continues on and on and on. And when Paul says in Galatians, I've been crucified with Christ, and we have too, that is a perfect passive indicative. We live an ongoing life in Christ and an ongoing death to this world, and sin is defeated in us. So that finally brings us to our first point. 
our first realization in our outline. And so if you're following along um, through the app or through your notes there, we are living in a new reality. We are dead to sin and alive to God. We are free. Our new reality is freedom. That's what we are. And it's not only what we are, it's who we are, truly. That is our identity. In this everyday life, here and now, in our faith and justification in Christ, we have a completely new identity, a new reality. The old is gone, and the new has come. And he goes on to describe this ongoing freedom in verse 8. Now we have died with Christ. But we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. I'm skipping a bit, but we go to verse 14 where Paul writes, For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. No dominion. Sin has no power. Jesus defeated that. Death has no dominion. Jesus defeated death on the cross and was raised to life. The law has no power. Jesus obeys that and and continues to keep the law for us. So everything, it's grace. And we're to keep feeding and feeding and drinking and eating on that grace. Grace that conquers death and sin and grace that gives us life, that gives us healing and gives us freedom. So Paul, moving on, Paul asks another question in the similar vein. Verse 15, what then? Are we to sin because we are not under law, but under grace? By no means. Or what a ghastly thought. Do you know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, You are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. Our master is the one whom we obey. And there's one master seeking to enslave us, to to burden us, to shame us, leading us to death. But there's the better and best master, Jesus, who wants to guide us and lead us to freedom, which leads to righteousness and eternal life. Verse 17, but thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin, and skipping a little bit into verse 18, and having been set free from sin, You've become slaves of righteousness. So our second realization of defeating sin, 
We are given a new master. We are slaves to righteousness. I like how Paul speaks to us in a way. He's trying, like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make, help you all get it, guys. I'm trying to, you know, so, so here he says in verse 19, I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. He really knows that. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more... Well, well, I'm missing a page here. Leading to more lawlessness. So now... Present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. So Paul is, is reminding us of this thought that there's, there's a, a new and better master found in Jesus. Let's go on to the next verse. And he shares for the... So as he's making that question, are we to keep sinning? Are we to keep, you know, giving ourselves over to that? No, in light of our freedom, in light of our new reality of freedom, we, and in light of our new master, we don't need to go there. Because this is what happens when we sin, for the wages of sin is death. And this verse has been taken very often in explaining the gospel, which it does, which is great. But it, it sort of summarizes the passage where he says, for the wages of sin is death. That's where it leads. This is what we deserve because of sin, death. But the free gift of God, this gift of grace, is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So Paul moves from Romans 6, and we're going into Romans 7, so we've looked at this illustration that Paul uses as baptism. We looked at the illustration of, 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 of being a slave to uh, sin or, or righteousness, a slave to, to God. And now we're moving into Romans 7 where Paul brings up this idea of marriage. And I'm trying to uh, sum up verses 1 to 3, I believe, but basically it's sharing that when a person is married, they are bound to that marriage in law. But when that spouse, well, when the husband or wife dies, and in the scripture it's, it's husband, it, it, Paul shares that you're released from the power of law upon the marriage. And just as, as we have died to sin, we are also released to the law. Do you follow me? Does everyone follow me? We're released to the power of the law. And so it, it, he begins, he shares this in verse, I believe, 4. Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead in order that we may bear fruit for God. And I'm going to try to explain that passage in light of, 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 of once being married to the law, but also 
now the newness in Christ being married to Christ and what that looks like. For the life of, of being married under the law, I'm using marriage and family as this illustration. There's this sense within the law of, I've got to do this right. I've got to, it, I've got to get the kids here, and I've got to get this clean and, and do the laundry here, and, and I don't know why isn't, why aren't they helping, and why isn't so-and-so noticing, and, I, and I, there's this obligation and duty that comes under what we see in the law. But this new season of life in the Spirit and life without the law, what was seen previously in this, this side of duty, we're moved to this place of delight and freedom and being released from that. And so as we look at marriage and family, it's like, I still need to do those things. Those things still need to be accomplished, but seeing it in a new frame and a new lens of grace where it's about delight in your family and delight in your spouse. And what Jesus has done in his death in abolishing the law, he's trying to give breath and, and oxygen to that perspective of what it means to be in this new relationship with God. And so number three in your outline, I believe, says this, we are released from the law and Jesus completes the law for us. So this last realization, it's not fully developed as you read Romans 6 and, and Romans 7. I, I'm, I'm cheating here a little bit, um, and it's hopefully something that may be covered in the future. But I, I share this as it is so important for us to remember that we are not in this battle alone. We have this in defeating sin. And the last point or realization is this. We are number four, given God's power. God's spirit lives in us. Jesus didn't leave us alone in our battle with sin. He gave us his spirit and his spirit is life and power. And consider how awesome this verse is as we fast forward. This is Romans chapter 8. It shares this, but if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And we have that spirit in us. The power of that spirit that, that rests, rests in us, the spirit that raised a dead man, and we know he's Jesus, but still we have that same power. We have that in us. And the same spirit gives us the power to defeat and fight the current battles of sin that we fight. We're still involved, and we're accountable to fight this sin in our lives. But hopefully, I hope in some way that we're given better understanding of sin and that we are never in this fight alone. 
So let's get back to the big goal. John shares, not Paul. He shares, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And here's the reality. You're going to sin. And you will be sinned against. And you might sin before you leave River Ridge Church. But as we conclude, this is the second part of the verse that, that speaks all into what Romans 6 has shared. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And to add to that as well, in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So this advocate will always be challenged by the accuser. And that accuser may come from the enemy, the accuser who wants to like remind us. And this is the dialogue that I have between the accuser and the advocate. The accuser says, do you know that you're a sinner? Do you realize what you did yesterday? Do you know what you said? God will get you for what you've done. And the reminder for us is, the accuser is a liar. And the advocate, Jesus, he says, I love you. Remember the cross. I died for you. You are my adopted child. You trust me and have placed your faith in me. You are fully justified. Come back to me. Confess your sin. Give it to me. I paid for that on the cross and receive my forgiveness. The accuser says, you did it again. You broke God's law. You're always screwing up and you will never change. And the advocate says, you're released from the power of the law. Give in to me. Seek me and my righteousness. You are crucified with me, dead to sin, dead to the law. You have my spirit. You have been set free. I've got you. The accuser says, you're a sinner. You will always be a slave to sin. And our advocate says, you are free. You're dead to the power of sin. Keep confessing your sin and receive my forgiveness. You are my beloved child. Come and follow after me. So before I close, I, I, I just, um, I got Ben's guitar, and I'm going to break it. No, I'm not. Um, but I, I just love what is shared in this song in this hymn and just how it ties Romans 6 together so well you're welcome to sing with me if, as you pick up um, the, the song itself but it's just a reminder for us um, that the God who saves us keeps us 
and helps us and frees us in this battle that we have with sin. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong, a perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love. Whoever lives and pleads for me. My name is graven on his hands. My name is written on his heart. I know that while in heaven he stands, no tongue can bid me thence depart. No tongue can bid me thence depart. Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within. Upward I look and see him there who made an end of all my sin. Because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free. For God the just is satisfied To look on Him and pardon me To look on Him and pardon me Behold Him there, the risen Lamb perfect spotless righteousness the great unchangeable i am the king of glory and of grace one with himself i cannot die my soul is purchased by his blood my life is hidden with christ on high Christ my Savior and my God, with Christ my Savior and my God. One with himself I cannot die, my soul is purchased by his blood. My life is hidden with Christ on high, with Christ my Savior and my God. With Christ my Savior and my God. You are free. Jesus is our true master. He, re he releases us from the power of sin and the law. And he gives us his spirit. Let's walk out of that cell that jail cell of sin in true confidence and true freedom. Let's pray together.